many ways. Go ahead and open up to Mark 9. We're going to be there in Mark 9 this morning. Um, And uh, we just got done uh, seeing last week one of the most beautiful passages in the Gospel of Mark as we see Peter, James, and John, you remember, coming up the mountaintop and and, and the, the veil that had been over Jesus' eternal divine glory in His incarnation, in His human flesh. A lot of His, his glory was veiled, but we see the veil just temporarily lifted, right? And we got to see Peter and James and John witness Jesus in all of His glory. And then we talked about the fact a little bit last week that they had to also then kind of come back to reality. But now this week, we're really coming back to reality because we're going to see Jesus and the disciples descend the mountain into a dark valley very, very quickly, into a whole lot of pain and a whole lot of hurt. We're going to see Jesus also show His power there. He doesn't just show His power in the mountaintops. You know, for us, uh, a lot of times we, when we're kind of living life in a mountaintop, we can, we can feel like our faith is pretty strong when we're living up there. But when we kind of descend and come back into reality and face just the harsh realities of real, normal, everyday life with sickness and pain and hurt and even evil all around us, we kind of very quickly find out that our faith is maybe not quite as strong as we thought it would be. We know that we need God in those situations. We know that we want to trust in Him. But sometimes in the midst of those situations, it just doesn't feel like our faith is going to cut it. Our faith is just shaky. We've maybe tried everything we knew how to do. Maybe you're a parent and you've been struggling as a parent with your children and you tried something you thought would work and once again, it didn't change anything. Maybe your marriage is struggling, right? And you've done whatever you could to try and save your marriage, but it feels like It's not getting any better at all. So we know what it's like to to try things and expect that this is the thing that's going to work. And we know what it feels like to be defeated when what we thought might work doesn't turn out to work. And we end up still being kind of in our dark valley. Well, we're going to see Jesus and the disciples come down from the mountain where Jesus' glory was very very uh, uniquely displayed. There's going to be a picture up there. Go ahead and put that picture up. This is a, I don't know how well you can see it, but this is a a painting um, by uh, Raphael uh, a long time ago. And this is a painting of what's happening here in Mark 9. That He's got this image of the transfiguration of Jesus. And you've got Moses and Elijah by his side. And the disciples down on their, down on their faces worshiping Jesus, amazed by his glory. But then right below that you see this dark picture. And today, that's where we're going. We're going from the mountaintop. We're going down into this dark picture. But thankfully, Jesus is going to come with us uh, down into this dark valley that we're going to look at today. We're going to see what Jesus saw. And we're going to ask the question, so what do we do with our shaky faith? And what is Jesus going to do with our shaky faith that's revealed in the midst of life's valleys after we've been maybe at a peak? We're going to be in Mark chapter 9, verses 14 to 29. The sermon's going to be a bit shorter this morning. It'll be about 20 minutes instead of 35 minutes because we're going to have an illustration of the truths that we're seeing here. 
that's been playing out in the lives of somebody that's a part of our church. And so we're going to leave some time for you to hear that testimony. And so looking forward to that here in a few moments. But I do want to get us through Mark chapter 9, verses 14 through 29 this morning. If you're able to, uh, would you stand as we read God's Word from Mark chapter 9, starting in verse 14. And when they came to the disciples, they saw a great crowd around them, and scribes were arguing with them. And immediately all the crowd, when they saw him, were greatly amazed, and they ran up to him and greeted him. And he asked them, What are you arguing about with them? And someone from the crowd answered him, Teacher, I brought my son to you, for he has a spirit that makes him mute. And whenever it seizes him, it throws him down, and he foams, and he grinds his teeth. And becomes rigid. So ask your disciples to cast it out. But they were not able. And he answered them, O faithless generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him to me. And they brought the boy to him. And when the spirit saw him immediately, it convulsed the boy, and he fell on the ground and rolled about, foaming at the mouth. And Jesus asked his father, How long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. And it's often cast him into the fire and into water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if you can, all things are possible for one who believes. And immediately the father of the child cried out and said, I believe, but help my unbelief. And when Jesus saw that a crowd came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, You mute and deaf spirit, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. And after crying out and convulsing him terribly, it came out, and the boy was like a corpse, so that most of them said, He's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. And when he had entered the house, his disciples asked him privately, Why could we not cast it out? And Jesus said to them, This kind cannot be driven out by anything but prayer. You can be seated. There's an outline in your bulletin uh, that'll have kind of the main points of the message and then also your life group guides for when you meet in those groups later on during the week. See that uh, we're going to just kind of really run through it pretty quickly, but I want us to look at this valley, this tough situation that we see. What we're going to see as we go through this is we're going to see that we need help. We're a people that need help. And there's really two things that we're going to see that the man in this situation needs help with. One is he needs help with the situation itself. He needs help with the situation itself. And two is this, that he needs help with his shaky faith in the midst of the situation. Let's look at verse 14. Verse 14, you see the disciples and Jesus, the ones that were with him on the mountain, coming down to join the others. It says, And when they came to the disciples, they saw a great crowd around them, and scribes were arguing with them. Okay, well, well, Jesus and Peter and James and John were on the mountaintop. The other disciples weren't just waiting. They were busy trying to do ministry, but it wasn't going well. Ministry without Jesus wasn't going well for the rest of the disciples. And so in verses 15 and 16, it says, And immediately all the crowd, when they saw him, referring to Jesus, were greatly amazed. And they ran up to him and greeted him. And he asked them, what are you arguing about with them? So immediately Jesus comes down from the mountain and all these people in kind of this dark valley situation see Jesus, recognize his authority, and, and, and are amazed by it, and they come to him. And he takes charge of the situation by asking 
a question. What are you arguing about? But before they can share their answer, we've got verse 17. We've got Jesus being interrupted by a dad. Verse 17 says this, And someone from the crowd answered him, Teacher, I brought my son to you, for he has a spirit that makes him mute. And whenever it seizes him, it throws him down, and he foams and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. Okay, so there's the situation. Talk about a tough situation. My kids are homesick today. Anytime that you're a parent and your kids are sick, you wish you could just take it from them, right? Like, I'll, I'll take that. Like, when my daughter got a concussion and her head hurt all the time a few weeks ago, like, I wanted to hit my head so my head hurt instead of hers, right? We want to take that. And this dad sees his little kid having these problems, and he's been having them for a long time, and it's a desperate dad saying, you need some help. I need some help. Help me, Jesus. Brought you my son. And, and the problem, particularly, he's having seizures. He's unable to speak. And it's caused by an unclean spirit in him. So it's both a spiritual and a physical problem that this man is facing. And then we've got verses 19 through the beginning of verse 21. Because we've got to wonder, well, how is Jesus going to respond? Well, I, I forgot part of uh, verse 18 here. The man says, so I asked your disciples to cast it out, and they were not able. Okay? So this man has done what he knew to do. He had maybe heard of the reputation of Jesus and his disciples. He's desperate, and he takes his little son wanting something to be done, wanting his son to be healed, wanting this unclean spirit to be cast out. And he comes and brings him before Jesus' disciples, and nothing Talk about being disheartened as a dad, right? You take your kid to maybe the doctor or something like that, and they say, I don't know what it is, and I don't know what we can do. That's hard news to hear. This is hard news for this dad to hear right here. Now, how's Jesus going to respond? You've got this whole crowd. You've got the disciples, and you've got this one man. Who's Jesus going to talk to? Well, first, he's going to talk to the crowd. He just says very generally in verse 20, he says this, or verse 19, I mean. And he answered them, O faithless generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? So Jesus notices something. He notices that the faith of these, this crowd is weak. He calls them a faithless generation. And you might remember last time that Jesus entered a place. It was Nazareth, his hometown. And he found there people's faith was lacking. You remember what he did? He did very little. He just did very little there, and he left, and he went on to somewhere else. And so that's got to get us wondering, well, is Jesus just going to leave this place because of their faithlessness? I mean, their faith is not very strong, so is Jesus just going to give up and say, your faith isn't strong enough, I'm not doing anything, I'm leaving? Praise God, the answer is no. We see what happens here in verse 20. Look at verse 20. At the end of verse 19, Jesus says, bring him to me. Jesus says, bring him to me. He cares. In verse 20, And they brought the boy to him, and when the Spirit saw him, immediately it convulsed the boy, and he fell on the ground and rolled about, foaming at the mouth. And Jesus, like a good doctor, he is the great physician, asked the father, how long has this been happening to him? Jesus is, is stopping. In the midst of all this faithlessness, in the midst of all this confusion and chaos down at the bottom of the mountain, Jesus says to this dad, bring your son to me, bring him to me. And then he asks him a question, how long has this been going on? Jesus cares. And I hope you hear this in whatever tough situation that you might be dealing with in your life currently. You need to hear this message 
that Jesus cares. I know there's a lot of chaos going on around you in the world, and you might think, well, my problem's maybe not that big of a problem. You need to hear that Jesus cares. There was a lot of problems going on in this large crowd of people, but Jesus took the time to be with this one dad. Jesus cares, but what's he going to do? What will Jesus do? Let's look at the rest of verse 21. Here's what it says. The dad said, from childhood, that's how long it's been going on, it's often cast him into fire and into water to destroy him. This dad is desperate. This, this illness that his son is facing, caused by this unclean spirit, this is an ongoing problem and it's serious. The boy's almost died multiple times. His dad is scared. And he tried everything he knew how to try. He brought him to the disciples and they couldn't do anything. And so do you blame the man for saying what he says next? You're going to notice a little bit of shakiness in his request. A little bit of faithlessness. A little bit of doubt in his request to Jesus. Look at his request. comes at the end of verse 22. He says, but if you can do anything... Have compassion on us and help us. His requests are for compassion and for help. But did you hear how he started it? But if you can do anything, he's just not sure anymore. He's been let down so many times and seen so much gloom and darkness that he's not even sure anymore that even Jesus can do anything. So he starts out his request by saying to Jesus, but if you can do anything. You see the shakiness in his faith there? You see where there's a lot of doubt kind of creeping in, wondering if Jesus really can do anything about this. Can't blame him, hardly. So this man is asking for help. He needs help with his situation. Maybe you're in a situation in your life right now where you're feeling a little bit of darkness, and you need to know you need to come before Jesus to ask him for help with your situation. That's one of the things we need to ask Jesus for help with. It is right, as we have prayer requests in the bulletin, and they list a bunch of different situations that people are facing, we need to pray for them as they face whatever situation it is that they're facing. Right? So we need to pray and ask God for help with our situation. Even though our faith is shaky which is revealed when we come down the mountain and face some of these hard times, we need to pray. But there's another request that this man has. He's not just asking Jesus for help with the situation with his son. He's asking Jesus for two things. Not just, Jesus, please help me with my situation. That's a good prayer to pray. But he's got one more prayer. We see that in, verses 20, in verse 24. After Jesus says to him in verse 23, Jesus said to him, If you can... All things are possible for the one who believes. Jesus says, what do you mean, if I can, right? The, the thing that we shouldn't be questioning is Jesus' ability. We should be questioning our own faith. That's the thing in question here is this man's faith, not Jesus' ability. Jesus can do it. We know that very clearly from who he is and what we've seen him do so far in the Gospel of Mark. Jesus can do anything. So Jesus says, if you can, well, of course I can. Everything's possible for one who believes. And then we get verse 24, the one more request that this guy has. Jesus, don't just help me with my situation. Here's what I need help with. Verse 24, immediately the father of the child cried out and said, I believe, but help my unbelief. I believe, but help my unbelief. Have you ever prayed that before? 
You ever prayed that? Recognizing, okay, I know that Jesus is powerful. I know that He is God. I'm going to pray because I know that I need help with my situation. But in the midst of a tough situation, in the midst of a dark time, do you have trouble sometimes believing that He's really going to do something? Has has your faith been uncovered as a relatively shaky faith at times? We can relate to this guy, I think, when he cries out to God, God, I believe, but would you help my unbelief? My faith is really kind of shaky right now. I don't know that I have the kind of faith that you're looking for. I know I'm supposed to think about this and I'm supposed to pray about this, but right now I'm just, I don't even feel like praying all that much. I don't even know that I trust that you can do anything. I've been let down by so many other people. I've been let down by your disciples, Jesus. They let me down. How do I know that you can do something? Right? We might say, I've been let down by the church. The church has let me down before. That can affect our faith in Jesus. It's affected this man's faith here. So application for us, two important questions I want to ask. I think get answered in some ways here. First question is this, when we come into a valley of life and our faith is uncovered to be a little more shaky than we'd like to admit it is, what do we do with that? What do we do with our shaky faith? If you're in a spot maybe right now where you're recognizing that your faith is maybe a little bit shaky, it needs to grow quite a bit. What can we do with that? Three things. Number one, I think we need to acknowledge it. That's what we see this man doing here, acknowledging it. We need to acknowledge that our faith is weak. When we come against a tough situation that doesn't seem to be changing, it's okay to acknowledge that your faith is weak. We need to acknowledge that. I read a quote this week. It was actually speaking about this passage, and it was helpful for me. It said this, True faith is always aware of how small and inadequate it is. The Father here becomes a believer not when He assumes a sufficient quantum of faith, but when He risks everything on the little bit of faith that He has. When He yields His insufficiency to the true sufficiency of Jesus. We need to acknowledge that our faith is small. It's not big enough. It can't handle some of the things that we're facing. The second thing I think we need to do with our shaky faith is we need to examine to see where our faith might be misplaced. Where might our faith be misplaced? Here it seems that the man's faith was misplaced. He placed it in the disciples. And they didn't pull through. As we struggle with a tough situation in life, are we asking ourselves the question, maybe I've put my faith in the wrong thing. You always hear people talk about, like, my faith got me through it. But very rarely do people talk about the object of their faith. Your faith alone can't get you through anything. Your faith in Jesus can. The object of your faith is the thing that's important, not the fact that you have a faith, some general faith. You need to have faith in an object, and that object has to be Jesus. He is our only hope, right? So examine and see where your faith has been misplaced. And then the third thing, repent and put your faith in Jesus. To go to Jesus like this man did and say, Jesus, I do believe, but will you help my unbelief? I'm not where I ought to be, Jesus. I don't believe how I ought to believe. The second question, that was what will we do with our shaky faith? The second question is what will Jesus do with our shaky faith? What will Jesus do with our shaky faith? Well, I think that gets answered in this passage in verses 25 to 29. We're not going to spend hardly any time there, but I want to look at it. 
What will Jesus do? Listen, what will Jesus do with your shaky faith? Here's what I think he'll do. We're going to see him do it here. If you come before Jesus acknowledging your own shaky, weak faith, acknowledging that you can't handle this situation that's in front of you, and you, you examine yourself to see where maybe you've put your faith in the wrong person or place, and then you repent and put your trust in Jesus, I think Jesus will show up in power and in grace. I think Jesus will show up and he'll bring deliverance. That's what we see happening in this passage here. Let's look at verses 25 to 29. And when Jesus saw that a crowd came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, You mute and deaf spirit, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. And after crying out and convulsing him terribly, it came out. And the boy was like a corpse, so that most of them said, He's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. There we see the power and grace of King Jesus. The same Jesus who just had his glory revealed on the mountaintop descends down into the midst of this gloom and darkness and the hopelessness that this father had for the situation of his little boy. And Jesus commands the demon to come out and it has to leave and the boy is healed. And Jesus takes him by the hand and he gets up. That's the power and the grace of Jesus that we have seen over and over again in the Gospel of Mark. That's the power and grace of Jesus that you have maybe seen over and over again in your own life. There's something lacking, and the last two verses point to that. Verses 28 and 29 say, And when he had entered the house, his disciples asked him privately, Why could we not cast it out? And Jesus said to them, this kind cannot be driven out by anything but prayer. The thing that was lacking here was prayer, right? The disciples were trying to take care of things in their own power. Jesus says, this kind cannot be driven out by anything but prayer. Sometimes, in the midst of a dark situation, a tough situation in our life, our response is like, I'm going to fix it, right? I'm going to take care of this. I can do this. And we work hard and we take every avenue we possibly can to try and get this situation under control. And it doesn't work. And then we forget and we need to be reminded by Jesus in the end. You can't do it. Have you prayed? Have you come to me? Have you acknowledged your own weakness, your own inability to change the situation? Have you acknowledged the weakness that you have in your own faith? Do you trust me? Do you trust that I'm in control of this situation? I think when we do that, when we pray and just say, God, I don't know how this situation is going to turn out. I don't, God. From my perspective, it doesn't look good. And if I'm honest, it's showing that my faith is kind of shaky. I'm having a hard time believing that you have something that's good for me in this. I'm having a hard time with that, Jesus. But then when you call out and you say, Lord, I believe, but just help my unbelief. I know that I am a person that is weak, with a very shaky faith, but Jesus, I know that you are the unshakable deliverer. And so will you come, Jesus, and deliver me? Will you come and save me? Will you come and cause my faith, my weak, shaky faith, to grow?